3: Welcome back in. Third and final hour of primetime action. Always fun on a Friday night show here from the South Point Sportsbook Studio in Las Vegas. We're going to update all the baseball scores in about 15 minutes. Want to get to uh, Pete Futak, though, talk some college football right now. First, uh, though, Jonathan Bontoble joins me uh, here on the desk. Are you worried at all, uh, JBT? It was 14 nothing Blue Jays. You laid a dollar 18. It is now 14 3. Toronto Blue Jays. Still uh, three of the unanswered.
4: Let's present this uh, the, the proper way. Three unanswered yes. runs for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Two-run shot there to make it 14-3. to three. So, yes, I am worried. The momentum is all there. Uh, the crowd is doing the wave behind home plate. Kevin Gosman's clearly rattled. So, uh, I, I'm a little – and, look, 82 pitches to get through three and, what, two-thirds? Yeah. Uh, come on. What are we doing here, is Gosman? This,
3: is this sweat territory? It is. 14 to 14-3. See, that, when it's July 22nd, these are the sorts of things we are sweating. Ridiculous baseball but games. I will 14 note that nothing.
4: my king, my commander, uh, my everything, Shohei Otani, 34 pitches in. Got two outs going. Let's go. There we go. Nothing, nothing
3: game. Uh, bottom of the third inning in Atlanta. I'm sure uh, for Pete Futak, because we welcome him in, uh, we, who uh, you see his work, collegefootballnews.com. I'm sure, Pete, you just think we're a bunch of crazy people, because here we are. It's July 22nd. We're just losing our minds on baseball. We need football back in our lives, Pete. It's all I'm going to say. I'm thinking you guys
2: haven't seen Moneyball. Like isn't that like the the big dramatic part of this where they kind of think, oh it's it's in the bag, we've got this, turns the car around, and all of a sudden, you know the a's get in trouble they you know, give up a bunch of runs and it gets interesting. So I, I, I'm not assuming the Blue Jays have this locked up yet at all. Yeah, that's right. See, see? he, said, see? he knows, knows what he's talking about. Pete here. Gets
4: Chris Pratt. We need Chris Pratt to show up and get us a there clutch hit go. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Is that thinking? who that is? Yeah. That's Scott <laughs> <Chris> Yeah. Pratt,
3: <laughs> wow. One of that's the greatest, okay. greatest acting jobs of all time. Chris Pratt and Scott Hadenberg for for the Oakland. Hey,
2: apparently, it is because he got lost in the role because I didn't know it was Chris Pratt. See? So yeah, clearly cool. did
3: it. He clearly did a great job. Uh, it's, at least from the football perspective, we you know. Kyler Murray gets his contract, so seems like he made the right decision. Over, uh, he now makes more money himself than the entire A's payroll. So that's that's at least a good thing. Uh, and now well, a lot of these, it, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, you joke about
3: that, but like when we're talking about here is a professional segue here
2: for you, uh, the expansion world of college athletics right now. Basically, he's getting paid more than a Pac-12 team, you know. So the money we're talking mm-hmm. about, whether it's any like DeAndre Ayton or a, a high-priced NFL quarterback. In the expansion world that we're all talking about, oh, they're going to leave for money. They're going. We're not talking about that much money when it comes to the college sports world and all this realignment stuff. Because there, again, if they could, if you're saying right now hey, Oregon, we're going to pay you like Kyler Murray. They would take your offer no matter what conference you're in.
3: For sure. I also appreciate the uh, – that is a very professional seg- uh, segment by you, Pete. I mean, very well done. It's like you've been on the show not before. not my first rodeo. And you know, yeah, yeah like, exactly. exactly you know what we're doing. So we were just talking – Well, we, usually,
2: actually, not you guys. Usually the other hosts I I have to help. Yeah, so like yeah. Gil, Gil, Gil and Andy Matt. And they, right. Gil and Matt, they need all the help they can get, so I'm used to that. So – Forgive me for stepping on your toes. Matt,
3: Matt is the person who once called uh, this guy to my right's name is Jonathan Von Tobel. Once called him John Tobel because he thought it was my middle name because he thought Von well, kind was of a psychopath
4: introduces themselves yeah. with their middle name. Pete. That's, I don't that's, think the that's, that's Matt's Matt
3: that we're talking about, Pete. So you—that's like, you, a very Matt proud thing to do. Um, anyway, as we discuss, as we turn to college football now, we're, you know, about a month away away here from week zero in the college football season. We've we've had the whole we've done the whole SEC discussion this week on the on the show talking about Alabama talking about Georgia, but Ohio State is that team that is now they're in the number two position on the odds board about three to one most places you look and I'm seeing them Pete in that, you know, two to 225 range just to win the uh, the Big Ten where you have to lay that sort of price. Is that fair given the talent that they've got on the on the roster? Is there a case to really be made for anybody else outside of Ohio State coming out of the Big Ten this year?
2: Uh, Coming up to win the Big Ten, sure, on the wrong day if uh, things go wrong. I mean, look, Michigan's still good. they got to go to Columbus at the end of the season, but they're still strong. I don't think they can quite do it. Wisconsin's going to be nasty. They play them once, maybe twice if they play the Big Ten championship, but no. Ohio State, if you look at their schedule, they should be able to rip through this thing. Uh, Michigan's right there. Penn State, no, I don't really think they've got it to win it. Nebraska, definitely not. Uh, so really, it's, it's if it's not Michigan or Wisconsin, I don't see who's getting them. Uh, and in terms of the college football playoff and, and getting there, Ohio State's got to be one of the odds-on favorites along with uh, Bama and Georgia. Those are the three in Clemson as well. So there's your four. Uh, no need to play this season. There's your college football playoff.
4: Uh, you know, one team, not from a win the conference standpoint, from a win total standpoint, that kind of intrigues me because I don't know what to make of them. Minnesota, uh, you bring Kirk Shiraka back. Tanner Morgan hasn't been the same guy since he left. They do have some good returning personnel. They got 12 guys coming back over. I think it's like six on each side. What do you make of Minnesota and what their offense is going to look like with not only their old offensive coordinator back, but some returning depth uh, at uh, running back in other positions as well?
2: And they get Mo Ibrahim back. Yep. So Mohamed Ibrahim, who uh, tore his Achilles uh, tendon in the opener, I think he had like 160 yards on Ohio State before uh, it all blew up on him. But uh, he's back. They're missing a lot off that offensive line. They've been able to reload a little bit, uh, but the, the defense should be okay with that. Ola. But if you look at the schedule and you're looking at seven and a half wins, they're going to beat New Mexico State. They're going to beat Western Illinois. They're going to beat Colorado. So you're already banked in three wins before the season really starts. Northwestern, they should beat. And they're going to find a way they should be able to, between Purdue and uh, Illinois, that's a win there. They're going to beat Rutgers. So I love the over on that seven and a half. And uh, they should have that. They definitely need it before dealing with Iowa and Wisconsin, but they should be at least close to that
3: before them. It's funny too, Pete. And by the way, follow Pete Putech at Pete Putech on Twitter. We've been doing the whole mm-hmm. conversation, usually looking at the top, right? Of a lot of these conferences, that's sort of the natural place to start. We had Tim Brando on the show the other night. He was, his favorite play was Kansas over one and a half wins. So looking at just like, value yeah.
2: yeah. Jim Brando's nuts. I, I joke with him because he rips on me on Twitter all the time. We go back and forth for good. Uh, but no, but he's right. Yeah, Kansas. Absolutely. Like money's yeah. good on Akron too. You know, money, Alabama's no, Alabama's no money to be made there except they're at 10 and a half. So yeah, go over on that. But uh, yeah, Kansas was my play last year. They're going to find a way to get to, to they're going to upset somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, okay, who is that going to be? Because they're going to be the underdog against everyone in the big 12 but yeah, I, I, absolutely. If you're getting one and a half on Kansas over, definitely.
3: And yeah. And it kind of raises the point. Like there are other teams out there that have just, they, they get totally forgotten year in and year out. And you know, as a you know, Missouri alumnus, I love to just rip on Kansas, but yeah, the point being like you get, there are teams, you can actually bet on overs who see these numbers go way, way down and might not actually be as bad as we think. Is there a team say in the, like one of these other power conferences, like in, in the big 10, is there a, a team or in the sec, we saw Vanderbilt get a first place vote today in the sec media poll. Is there a team? near the bottom of one of these other power five conferences that you believe might be better than, than the odds makers actually think this year. I,
2: I, I'm, I'm going to like Texas tech to be sort of interesting. And that's one of those teams. That's going to have a dynamic offense. Uh, they're going to, they're going to be what Western Kentucky's offense was last year. So they're going to wing it all over the yard. That's one of those teams that I really sort of like to rise up and rock this year. Uh, I kind of like what Texas is doing. Uh <laughs> Eight wins is not asking for a lot. They're going to lose right out of the gate to Alabama. But from then on, they should be able to get to nine wins if everything's starting to play right. Baylor seems low at seven and a half, but it's about right. You're showing Kansas a two and a half there. I still like it. I still think they get to the three wins. And the thing about the Big 12 is everyone's going to have like six ish wins or so. Mm-hmm. So on that side of things. Now, the one I do like to be really over crazy with you guys. Basically, everybody in Conference USA go under. Their win totals are all kind of bizarre this year. Uh, they're a little bit high. A lot of these teams in Conference USA aren't going to get close. UTEP's just not that good. You know, Western Kentucky's fine, but eight and a half's a little bit high. UAB's high at eight and a half. Remember, these are eight winish teams. That you know, one of them's going to get the ten wins. But if you were to really sort of do this and put the same amount, go low, of course, on every single Conference USA team going under, you'll probably make out ahead.
4: So I, I actually p. I wrote. We have our college football betting guy coming out. I used to cover the Mountain West, and so I wrote up our uh, our conference preview on the Mountain West for each team. I'm insanely high on this Fresno State team, and I know you just recently put up stuff on collegefootballnews.com about the Mountain West. What do you make of my love for Fresno State in that conference? And I also noticed uh, you guys are, and you are a little bit higher on Boise State after a down year. Uh, what do you make of the top of the Mountain West?
2: Again, you got the fun part about the Mountain West this year is that. Uh, you do have Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno State, no divisions. Mm-hmm. So remember that You know, the, the weird part about this is these conferences that ditch the divisions for the all-conference stuff, they still basically kept their schedules. So you've got teams out there that don't play. each other. I think San Diego State misses Boise State or Fresno State. So they play Fresno State, but uh, I think they miss Boise State or something. But yeah, Boise State's fantastic. They have great defense returning. Uh, Fresno State's got the offense. They're going to still wing it around the yard. Jake Hayner stuck around that. They're very good. San Diego state at plus 600 is a great call. Uh, they're, they lost a lot off of last year's teams, but they've got a system there that just keeps on working. Uh, but they got, I think they have to go to Fresno state. That's going to be their problem. Uh, but definitely out of Boise state, Fresno state, San Diego state, that's the one. And then last year, you know, Utah state won it last year. I don't think they're going to do that again. There's always someone who comes out of the blue in that conference. Uh, and, I definitely don't think though it's not going to be anybody with Boise state, Fresno or San Diego state
3: mm. uh, Pete, Before we let you go, any early thoughts on, on the Heisman markets that we're seeing right now, or C.J. Stroud pretty much a consensus favorite there uh, in that market out of Ohio state.
2: Yeah. I, I, I would still stick with anybody else. I it's the most boring thing to do, but if you can ever get the field as a bet, go for it because it just never works out like you think you do. Like, look, if CJ Stroud has one bad game, they might run the ball this year. He's not going to put up the numbers like he did last year, because they're going to have a defense that's going to hold on a little bit better. So they're not going to have to come from behind. He's not going to put up those same insane numbers. He's going to be great, but it's asking a lot. And the the other part of the thing, too, is he's going to have to rock against Michigan at the end. We know how that's going to work. He's probably going to be great. I still like Bryce Young. Caleb Williams, you want my overall overarching team to go after everything USC this year. Go over on them. They're probably going to win the Pac-12. And Caleb Williams is going to go off in this offense against that schedule.
3: Plus 750, your third betting favorite right now. At least those odds via uh, VEASAN.com. Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com. Always great to have you on, sir. Uh, And I know you like Gil Alexander, Matt Brown. We miss them. I'm sure you miss them as well, but whatever. Yeah, we're good. You're you're good. That's why we love you, Pete. Appreciate appreciate the time. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show soon here before we get to the start of college football season. Anytime, guys. Have a good weekend. Absolutely. All right, Jonathan. We are in some interesting spots here. Still, uh, still four out, 14-3. You're good. Is your, do, do people call you Jonathan, just
4: drop the uh, Von Tobel, just go my, Jonathan? No, i want well, a professional. Like and When I introduce myself, I introduce myself as Jonathan. Like That's my professional route, okay. you know what I mean? Jonathan, you're, a little, you're in John. a little bit of trouble here. Yeah.
3: But actually not really. It's still 14-3 Toronto over Boston. 6-0 Guardians over the Sox in the top of the third. JVT's got the over there. We'll update all the scores and preview some of the night games when we return here on Primetime Action.
4: The
3: VEASAN Summer Special is here. It's only $19, and you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Nine more days, $2.11 per day. Sign up today, and you'll get VEASAN's Daily Best Bets, including Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, plus NFL preseason coverage and premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features the Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now. VEASAN.com slash summer. And next week, VEASAN's College Football Betting Guide. It drops. All right. That'll be next week. What is going on with the uh, Boston Red Sox? Yeah. It so, seems I, like they've fallen apart.
4: Well, it, it, it has. Uh, it's, so it's 16 to 3 now. <laughs> Blue Jays I heard my pleas. Uh, they were letting go yeah. of the rope. Looked like they were going to blow it. Ultimately, not the case. Um, but for those Clearly. who don't know and weren't paying attention earlier, the Blue Jays scored an inside the park grand slam because their center fielder, Boston, um, I think it's Duran, Jaron Durant, uh, yeah. yep. Lost it in the lights. And, like, I, when I say lost it, like, I don't even know if there's, like, a worse word than that in baseball because it was, like, what would you say, like t- t- 10 feet behind him. Like, you have oh, no it, yeah. it was. It
3: was way over his head. Landed on the warning track.
4: So, then we're watching this game now, and there's a pop-up in the infield, and, like, in the infield, right, where, like, the catcher, like, takes five steps forward. They're looking for it, and they lose it in the lights. Yeah. And it drops, and a run scores for the Blue Jays. And now uh, we just had somebody uh, reach base on a walk. So, we have bases loaded again. Toronto up 69 to three uh, with two outs. By the way, kudos to Joe Adele. I made that noise if you heard me uh, because right before we came on the air I kept saying Morton should throw like a slider away. It's been Adele's biggest weakness. He did and Adele bit a little bit but check swing and uh, did not get it and then good for him. Draws a walk. So the Angels got the bases loaded here with one out.
3: It's a shame that Isaiah already lost his, uh, his, his, his no grand slam. Because we have more, multiple games with the bases loaded right now. That happened earlier on the as we yes as we alluded to. And U- this is going to be uh, the park uh, 18 to
4: three now. Oh, for the good.
3: Uh, let's run through all the scores right now. We didn't do that at the top of the hour because we had uh, one few tack on with us. Reds eight, Cardinals four right now. That's a game into the seventh inning here. Reds minus uh, the money lines here that are still out there minus four thousand on the money line. Cardinals thirteen to one. If you think they can come back, thirteen and a half juiced over is your live total there. That was a five four game after Paul Goldschmidt hit his twenty first home run of the year, but uh, Reds they've just uh, they've just kept on coming in that one so far tonight. They attack on three more to. Uh, take the 8-4 advantage. Uh, and right now, as you mentioned, huge, huge favorites there uh, live right now. Uh, as far as some of the other action going on, uh, as we pull up the odds board here, it is now 5-2 Yankees in Baltimore against the Orioles, minus 1050 live. The Yankees, Orioles plus 650, 10 and a half live, total juiced under minus 125, and it's Aaron Judge. He does it again. 30, 5th yep. and 36th home runs tonight has hit two homers. So both the the two leaders there in the home run race. Judge has hit two tonight to go to thirty-six. Shorber has hit one for Philadelphia to get to thirty. But after that solo homer for Shorber, it was one-nothing Phils. It's been all cubbies since then. Seven-one cubs in the sixth inning, minus three thousand live, seeing the Phil's coming back, twelve to one there, eleven and a half live total, even juice both sides. Similar deal in Pittsburgh where the Pirates struck first on a solo homer early, but it's been all Miami since then. 8-1 Miami to the eighth inning. Live odds off the board right now, at least for the money lines, but you can still bet a live total 10.5 just under minus 1 20. There are no odds anywhere on that uh, Blue Jay-Red Sox game right now, largely because we just see no. a oh, okay. high, a nearly slam. another grand slam. That's a double high off the green monster. 19-3 to 3, Toronto. You want to take a stab at what the in-game, uh, the live total is right now?
4: Off the board. Oh, oh, oh great in-game total. It's, it's been posted uh, now. I'll go with, what's the word, 22? I'll go with uh, 26.
3: 27 and a half. Okay, Juiced nice. over, minus 135. 19-3. <laughs> Toronto there, only in the top of the fifth inning. Padres in the Mets, 2 nothing game. They get the two-run homers we, we talked about earlier off Max Scherzer. 2 nothing pods into the sixth. Minus 315 live. Mets plus 245. 4.5 your total juiced over, minus 150. We talked about it. We weren't yeah. in love with laying the huge price on the Brewers tonight, uh, JVT, and they get an early two-run homer off Corbin Burns, so 2-0 Rockies into the bottom of the third inning, minus 135 live. Brewers, plus 105. Peavy uh, juice to the under there on the 7.5 live, minus 140. In the meantime, Rays Royals, 1-1 in the fourth, minus 210 on Tampa Bay, plus 170 coming back on KC, 8.5 total, minus 135. All Guardians in Chicago, 6 nothing game there. John, you've got the over eight, eight yeah. pregame, so it's now 12.5 live, minus 130 to the over. Guardians minus 570. White Sox plus 410. And then Angels-Braves, it is a nothing-nothing game. Shohei yeah. Otani has been absolutely masterful. The Braves still a minus 185 live favorite. Angels plus 150, live total 4.5, even juice on both sides. Otani, six strikeouts and three shutout innings. He's now thrown 29 pitches this year at 100 miles an hour or harder through 11 all of last year and has been absolutely dynamite.
4: So I keep saying this. Like, if you think that Shohei Otani, I think we have a solo shot from Adamus. Willie Adamus, Homer
3: for the Brewers, 2-1 game.
4: Uh, um, Like, if you're going to tell me, I don't think Shohei Otani's the MVP this year, I think it's Eric Judge. I I would not kill you for it, right, at all, in any way whatsoever, right? Uh, Everybody has their arguments. There's numbers to point out to, and every single direction to support either candidate you like. What I've never understood with the discourse around Otani is why what he does is presented as separate feats, right? If you hear somebody talk, it's just point to just the batting average, right? Or it's, yeah, he's pitching well, but he's not in the top five of any statistical category in pitching. Well, guess what? He's in the top 12 of multiple st- you know, uh, categories yeah. pitching, and he's doing both of them together. Right? Like that's the thing about it. And here you are again as a D, you know, when you're on the road against the Braves, a decent sized underdog, and he's keeping his team in it. His offense again lets him down there. The bases loaded again against Morton. They don't get anything out of it. And like you said, he struck out 6 He's through four. Or he's going me through three. He got 41 pitches, performing extremely well. It is 22 to 22-3, it looks like. 21-3. <laughs> oh, to, I, 21 to three. Falling um, down in the outfield. But, the like, you man. know, again, I'm not going to kill anybody who says Otani's not the MVP. Yeah. I've just never understood the weird discourse of presenting his accomplishments as separate when he is doing something that we have not seen before in a really long time. And the grind of playing every single day and no he doubt. continues to do it is pretty incredible.
3: Totally get it. A 21-3 now, Toronto, in the, uh, in the top of the fifth.
4: Ab- absolutely.
3: Absolutely insane. And we
4: got runners on first and second with no outs for the Chicago White Sox here. So let's uh, give a couple. Yeah, let's let's ding up Quantrill a little bit. All right, come on.
3: All right. We still have uh, four late games still to come here. We'll preview okay. those uh, in our next segment. Wanted to hit on just a couple of things coming off of that college football discussion. I know you have some thoughts on the Heisman market as well. We the the general prevailing thought, at least from Pete Futak, maybe look at guys in the field there, not necessarily buying the the super short price on CJ Stroud at plus one seventy five. Where would you be looking at? Well, I, I
4: just think it's interesting. So we this is essentially a faux quarterback award that a running back can win every once in a while, and we saw obviously a wide receiver win it in recent years. But this has generally become just like all of these offensive awards and MVP awards in the National Football League, a quarterback's award to lose. Having said that, the name that I keep hearing that is not a quarterback, that is not a running back, that is not even an offensive player, obviously, is Will Anderson for Alabama. Uh, heavily like A highly touted kid that, that is going to be at the uh, the top of the draft this year. Uh, actually, yeah, right? He's going to be uh, eligible for the draft, if I remember correctly. I believe so, yeah, yes. Right. Um, but he has been circled as a guy who – as a defensive player with his impact on a team that is going to be extremely good in Alabama, obviously, that he could potentially win this award. And you kind of see it like to have a defensive player listed as 25 to one. Some liability is built up in multiple shops, but that is a number that a lot of uh, solid college football handicappers have thrown out. there as like a wild card, a dark horse to potentially win this award. I think it's pretty fascinating.
3: No, 25 to one. And you see too, like all these other, some of the skill position guys as well, it's like what you know. What would it realistically take for them? It, you know, Bijan Robinson back on this list after he was what second or third shot at mm-hmm. one point last year for Texas. Got off to a great start, twenty to one, and you're. But you're looking at it. it we always get this hang-up. Like I, you know, Sam Hartman's a guy that I look at and I say, ah, oh, that's so intriguing. He's forty-five to one. He's going to throw for approximately, I say approximately, mm-hmm. a kajillion yards and probably a, a bajillion touchdowns this year. Again, all numbers approximate. But it's like, what are you getting out of Wake Forest as a team? Like you need them to probably be in the ACC title game at the very least, to even be in the conversation there, right? Just based mm-hmm. on how so much of this comes back to team performance. So it, it is interesting when you look at a team like Alabama, who is a pretty heavy favorite to even to make the college football playoff. We just assume they're going to be their favorite to win the SEC again this year. If you're looking at a guy who's super dominant on that particular side of the ball, sure, it doesn't get as much love as the offense, but that not that kind of where the, where the path goes, where there is at least – like, you kind of put the team success before the player stats, if that makes sense, even though this is an individual award. I mean, I mean it's that's gonna, how it goes.
4: It's going to play a pretty big part of it. And, you know, you bring up Bijan Robinson, and I, I think this is a great point. And to give him credit again, and we have a lot of great writers and contributors, of course, uh, up at the website. Um, but uh, Aaron Moore, who, again, you can follow him on Twitter, PubRelationProf. Um when you look at a couple of the things that are available there uh, in terms of like the, the Heisman thing, I, I had him on a show a couple of weeks ago, right before I went uh, it was right, like right before summer league, uh, but he brought up a great point with B. John Robinson. If you are if you think that Bijan Robinson is going to win the Heisman, you might as well throw a bet small one on Texas money line to beat Alabama because Bijan Robinson, if he's going to win the Heisman, is going to have a successful and very good game against Alabama, and those two things would work together. And if you're going to bet B. John Robinson, and again, they're what, 14-point underdogs in that game, you wait until after that game, because he's likely not going to have a great game against that front seven, and you can get better odds at that, mm. too. But that's like, there's different ways to look at this award in these markets, and I thought that was a really smart way to look at it, because if you're betting B. John Robinson now, he's going to have to have a successful game against Alabama, and odds are, he's not going to do that, and you're going to grab 20-1 to when in the range, he'll probably fall in the range of 30-35-1 to one after a game.
3: Totally get it, and that look, you're going to see that early too i mean that's yep. what week week two technically on the schedule there college football so uh, we'll, we'll see how that all uh, all works out by the way as soon as we said eh, brewers live plus 105 uh they go adam is solo homer two run homer andrew mccutcheon three two lead there and it looks like you've gotten yourselves uh, you got another your your run your run oh, away there six one now white Sox get on the board so you need over eight Actually, one away from the push, two I was
4: going to say, I'd like a push at the fair.
3: Two away from going over for one Jonathan Von Tubble. We'll preview all the night slate action still to come when we return. Four games about to start in the next 15 to 30 minutes. We'll do that next on Primetime Action. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Been a great show so far. Always a blast on a Friday night here on Primetime Action with Jonathan Toble making his... PTA co-hosting debut, and he is on. He is on the road to a lovely little, uh, at least a two and zero start there. Uh, JVT 20, 23 to three. Are we getting more runs? Oh, we're getting
4: more. We're getting more. It is now t- is that a home run. No, okay, it's off the wall. It is at
3: least twenty four to three. It might be twenty five to
4: three.
3: 3. Uh, yes, yep. it is twenty five to three. Toronto in the top of the fifth. I think we should probably give JVT a winner video at some point before the end of the night here. Just like I'm but it's the game's not over. I refuse to take it. It's well, not a we'll winner. see. Okay, so White Sox, Guardians, you've got over eight there. Again, JVT trying to go two and it, zero. It's th- six,
4: six to two there.
3: Six two. So you're already pushing. It's the bottom of the third. You just need a yeah. base it. We can give pay, maybe winner video for that, because uh, at least you won't be losing. Jokeswing. So you know that, that's, how, that's how that works. Anyway, I've uh, been a fun night on the show. Isaiah Rankle doing a great job as our producer. Sean on audio.
4: Can got we just Sean say that? What we're amazed at here is. Like so, we have all these games, and there's competitive games. Like it's scoreless between the Angels and the uh, and the Braves, right? We have the the Brewers have taken a lead here, but we're all fascinated by whether or not the Blue Jays can just keep this up and get over 30. Like that's all I think any of us want at this point. Texas
3: Rangers did that 2007 against Baltimore. That's the modern record: 30 to eight win in 2007. What's the overall? So the Chicago Colts in 18. was it 1896 remember, or 97 Ly- you yeah. were yeah the that, way back in the Von Tobel lineage yep. uh, when they put 36 across I don't I have to look who was who are they even playing I'll look that up in a second uh it's gonna be something
4: ridiculous. Either way,
3: it's like you're sweating. You're you're now just wondering that you're not really sweating this like game the
4: anymore. Like a python or something like that. So, yeah,
3: something in that vicinity. Meanwhile, Sean McCom, he's got he's sweating that un, under first five in Angels. Uh, Angels Braves here looking pretty good there. Nothing nothing top of the fifth. I don't know what like our technical <laughs> director Dakota Kavish Martin and yeah. Jeremy Wengel downstairs. I don't know what they're sweating. I'm sure it's Sean, what would you get four and a half? Three and, Three and a half. half. Okay. Three right. and a half for Sean. So look, it's a, it's a night full of sweats here. Uh, yeah, it's more. It. And uh, yeah, okay, that makes that's sense. that's how it works. That is a new franchise record for Toronto. They're twenty-five yeah. runs scored. They've done it in the first five innings. Just absolutely, absolutely.
4: Yeah, we amazing. were talking about that. This game started at four ten. It is six thirty, and we're we're just getting to the middle of the fifth right yeah. now.
3: It's a late night there in Boston. Fans are know, fa- a lot of fans still there, although they might be filing out pretty soon. Nine thirty um, uh, on on the
4: East Coast. Just so. as we kind of, you can use this to spin forward. To just want to check really quickly. Yeah, so we're we're now through four pitchers for the Red Sox. So as this continues to drag out, uh, yeah. this has an effect on tomorrow as well, obviously, for it is a,
3: It's it's not a super early start, 410 P.M. Eastern, but it is out. Manoa going up against Cutter Crawford. So pitching matchup to Toronto. Overnight, they're gonna be a dollar twenty-five favorite or so. Mm-hmm. That might that might take up a little bit. <sighs> um as for the game still to come here, we've got two that start in about seven minutes in Arizona. Zach Gallon and the D-backs hosting Patrick Corbin in Washington, seeing Diamondbacks minus a $1.65 right now, plus 140 coming back on Washington. Eight and a half, a little juice under to minus 115. Patrick Corbin, they're just going to trot him out there once again tonight. Yep. And then in Oakland, it is Cole Irvin, the lefty against Spencer Howard, and Texas, Oakland, and uh, the Rangers there. It is Texas, a short favorite on the road, minus 115. Oakland on the other side, minus 105. Seven and a half, juiced under, uh, minus minus. 115. Our two night games as well tonight. Logan Webb and the Giants. This will be a good one. Webb in San Francisco against Tyler Anderson and the Dodgers, who brings his 11 and one record into play tonight. Dodgers minus a buck 45 at DraftKings, plus 125 on Webb and the Giants total of eight. And then the play, the one play you have, John, on the night slate. Jose Urquidy and the Astros minus 120. Can they snap the 14 game streak of? Now the Seattle Mariners, who will send Marco Gonzalez to the mound, the lefty, plus 100 if you want to back Seattle, eight and a half, little juice under at minus 115. And so the Astros, that's what, you, what you're riding with
4: here. Yeah, and, like, so this is actually – it's a matchup of two teams that, like, you wouldn't really totally love – or two pitchers, I should say, that you totally love to back. You'd love to back these teams. Obviously, they're two very good teams. Um, but, like, Jose or kidding uh, when you look at some of his numbers, right, um, under the surface, probably, dude, you kind of want to play against. 409 ERA, but a 444 fielding independent, 477 on the expected ERA. Maybe slightly overvalued, nothing crazy to write home about. Has a small issue with home runs, giving up uh, over one and a half home runs every nine innings. Uh, But for me, again, kind of like this play for Toronto – this is just a play against Marco Gonzalez as that one was against Nadia Evaldi. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, I think, has been getting away away with murder. There is a a one-and-a-half difference between his ERA and his fielding independent. He's at a three fifty ERA, but a five-flat fielding independent. His expected ERA is four seventy four. His strikeouts, and he's never been a big strikeout guy, but Gonzalez's strikeouts are down by nearly two two fewer strikeouts uh, than last year. They've gone down each year in terms of the per nine. Uh, His walks are up. It's not a very good combination to have. Uh, And when you look at the home runs, He's had a small issue with them, a little lucky on balls in play. Not crazy, 272 batting average on balls in play. And he's giving up a decent amount of hard contact. With this lineup, I think that this is one where the Astros are finally going to show us a little bit of what Marco Gonzalez has really been this year. And when you're talking about a relatively fair price, yes, it's the Mariners of 114 straight at home as a small underdog. But it's this Astros lineup who absolutely love uh, with a pitcher on the other side who has been, I think, overvalued. I'm going to take my shot with Houston. Totally understand it. The The one I, I am very tempted
3: to play would be first five with the Giants and Dodgers under four, seeing minus 105, uh, the mm-hmm. juices to the over there. I, I've been very outspoken about how much I love Logan Webb all season. Numbers still reflect, too, that he, he's been unlucky at times here. Defense, like the one issue with him, defense has not necessarily helped Webb out at times, but this is still a guy who, even, even with some of those struggles, 283 now, on the, on the ERA and all the other numbers, the fielding, independent, pitching, xFIP right around three as well. So not, not much of a sign of, of regression. Strikeouts per nine have fallen off a little bit. That's always what concerns me against a, a matchup against the Dodgers where you need some swing and misses. Only about seven and three-quarters uh, strikeouts per nine this year, down from nearly ten that he, uh, that he had previously. But this will be his first starting of the year against the Dodgers. Pretty rare that you see that so late for a, a division rival. Right going in a spot like this and if you're looking at the two Dodger pitchers you have Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson who have wildly outperformed expectations. It's actually Anderson who does not have a lot of the regression numbers yep. suggesting things are going to fall off. Tony Gonsolin, maybe the all-star game was a sign, but he is the guy with you know, a near two-run differential there if you're looking at some of the FIP, XFIP, XERA numbers and his sub-2 ERA right now. So I'm actually a big fan of what they've been able to do with Anderson on the mound, the way he's been able to change his pitch arsenal. San Francisco not, not hitting all that well, even though they had a really nice series Going into the All-Star break against Milwaukee, struggled with the pitching matchup last night. I, I can't. I just can't get there even as a dog price on the road with a pitcher I like in Webb. So it's the one I'm leaning towards. Have not played that, though, but uh, four first five would be the only thing I'd look at uh, in that, that late slate there in Giants and Dodgers.
4: Yeah, no, I would agree with uh, everything there with when it comes to, to the analysis. And by the way, yeah, you mentioned, too, uh, that the uh, Nationals keep trotting out Patrick Corbin. Uh, yes. there's, that's a lot of what this yeah. price is, obviously. And, and I think Gallon Zach Gallen's a really fascinating dude, uh, a, an edge favorite, by the way, from a few years ago when he first burst out into the scene. Um, humans and I loved the kid. And he showed it, right? And that was back, it was 2020, uh, 275 ERA that year that he finished over, I think it was 72 innings pitch. Uh, But if you look at Gallon's numbers, you know, he's a dude that you can make an argument, has been getting a little lucky. You talk about having a below average on balls in play, 252 for Gallon Mm -hmm. up to this point. Uh, But the thing with him is, like, his walks, every single year he's gotten better with his command. And this year the strikeouts are down, but he's not walking guys as much, and he's given up much less hard contact. Uh, Gallon has been. He's been really, really solid, obviously, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. There is maybe some small room for regression. Not crazy, though. 356 ERA, 399 Fielding Independent. I, I do wonder, like, there's been a couple of spots this year where he's laid some pretty big prices. If you remember, I want say, like, two months ago, they were, like, a 220 favorite at home over the Kansas City Royals with him, and he got absolutely mm, smacked yeah. around, uh, and they lost that match. So I would say that I'd be a little wary of laying a price like this, but I get it. It's Corbin and Gallon. You're going to get that that discrepancy in the matchup here.
3: And you think as well about what Corbin, uh, you say, trotting him out there. I think that's a pretty good adjective to yeah, describe. Just go five, start another game, buddy. Five, five 80, 70, or a four or 4-12 in his 19 starts. Have you seen this, though, how Washington? In. they they've tried to make it seem like well, if you want soda we 're going to make you take on the Corbin contract oh, I seen this, really I saw uh, there are a couple reports of that where left on that they might uh, they might want like Look they, they want Corbin to take or the teams to take on some of that Look, like it's a he's a free agent in twenty five in the middle of a six year hundred forty wow. million dollar deal there, patrick Corbin, so yeah. there's a i mean there's several years still on that. That you know, and that makes it a little more interesting. What the suitors become? We we talked about this last night a little bit. How Juan Soto? There are seven teams who have form, you know, formally made offers mm-hmm. to Washington so far, and we don't know. Will he get de- dealt before the deadline? You know, I went ah. into this thinking probably not, but as the days go on, I'm starting to think we have until August second, by the way, for the deadline. Yep. Start to find myself thinking like, he's pro- he's going to get moved. Some team. Soto. Yeah. Some team is going to make an offer, and you know whether that's. I kind of keep talking myself into the Mariners because they have the capital to do it. And they've proven with their ownership group how aggressive they are. I think we looked at the odds last night. They were like nine to one to land him. Mm -hmm. I I still, I don't know, in a weird way, I think Seattle could do it. If not them, I mean, Yankees, Yankees, Dodgers seem like the two obvious choices. That's how the odds reflected. I just, you know, what what are you going to, what are you going to part with? And if you're the Yankees, you know, you, you certainly feel like you could, you could make room for a guy like him. Right. As opposed to then waiting to the end of the year, which seems like the logical play for them.
4: Uh, really glad that uh, President of Baseball Operations Jerry Depoto, former Angels general manager, has finally gotten it together. Now that he's with the Seattle Mariners. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. And like yeah. the other team that gets thrown out there, because look, at the end of the day, it's Soto who's going to be a gener- generational player that's wor- that's willing to sign long term, right? And with the teams, obviously that he wants, but like, if it's worth trading because it's hard to find that guy, mm-hmm. and so if he's going to be willing to sign long term, then yeah, you're going to have some of these teams that, that are willing to shell that out, and uh, that would make some sense i think white Sox have been thrown out there as well so potentially we'll yeah. Days, yeah the
3: sweepstakes continue yeah 10 days away from uh, from the all-star or from the trade deadline coming out here of the all-star break august the 2nd that is our deadline this season when we return we'll wrap up the show maybe some kevin durant next team odds get jbt thoughts on that also update the golf odds 3m open round number two wrapping up in minnesota we'll talk about all of that next
1: Offer valid of on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.
3: Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. and Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. We are oh so close, JBT, to getting you a, uh, a winner video here. Uh, Six, yes. two guardians, two on second and third, two out top of the fourth. Yeah, on, like yeah,
4: they had, yeah, they got two, they got the first two on with no outs, and it was consecutive pop ups to give them two outs here. So we'll see if this is going to maybe get over. Um, also worth uh, pointing out that again, my my leader, my king, my everything, Shohei Ohtani, with his double check this ninth strikeout. Wow. Uh, congratulations, Sean. On your first five under, that cash is shut out. There we go, shutout. Sean. Uh, does Sean get a winner thing? A winner video? Sean, audio technician? Wasn't an official it?
3: play, but I think oh, he okay. does. He, def- um, he definitely deserves
4: it. But Shohei Otani with nine strikeouts through five. <laughs> there we <laughs> go, Sean. Yeah, look at that. <laughs>
3: Way o- He had se- uh, seven and a half was a strikeout prop, and that thing had heavy, heavy juice that easily goes over for Otani.
4: Who do we Bang. get it? Oh, it's a flyout. Yep, so Guardians are not going to get anything Well,
3: you also fun. backed the Blue Jays tonight, who are only up 25-3. So I think... If we we kind of decided in the last break, if, if that game didn't go over the Guardians-White Sox, we could give you a winner video before we go off the air. If you're okay with it, you, you, you have a 22-run lead in the fifth inning. Let, okay. If you
4: lose. If you play, you can play it, but let the record show that I will blame all of you. That's, totally, that's if they lose this game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that That is actually a really good representation. Toronto's
4: back tonight. That guy throwing the flaming basketball through the roof. 25 if they somehow lose. God, if they lose 20. There's, like, imagine if they lose, like, 29, 28.
3: Now, the greatest baseball I kind of would hate
4: it. I would actually. It wouldn't be. It would be an insane loss. It would also be kind of fun to watch. Gosman, and what, eighth pitch, strikes him out. It's end the of five. the fifth. Remember
3: and earlier when I said that live total was, what, 27 and a half? <laughs> gone over the live total. I
4: was going to say, by the way. Uh, so, now, finally, <laughs> game started at Isaiah, what, 6, 4, uh, four ten. Our first fives have been decided in Toronto and Boston. So there you go. It only took until nearly 10 o'clock on the <laughs> East Coast. Finally.
3: <laughs> Finally got there. Uh, you know what has not been exactly uh, it's not been smooth sailing for all of us in, in for, we had the golf draft on Wednesday night, and we figure coming in this 3M open here, one of the smaller events on tour. Not a, not the worst field in the world, but still a tough handicap in, in kind of a bomber, not necessarily a bomber's paradise course, but a tournament we figured would set up to be a lot of birdies. And then also like a lot of treacherous uh, situations with like a lot of water on the course, fifth heaviest uh, course, as far as water hazards on tour this year. And yeah, it's interesting so far because Scott Piercy, 1300, would not have seen this one coming. It, and we we talked last night. We felt like okay, here's a guy who was second in the field in strokes gained putting round one. Expected some regression. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, Jvt they gained four strokes on the field putting today. Second only to Danny Willett out there. So thirteen under Scott Piercy. He is a pretty healthy favorite. I'll give Kelly Bidlin credit. He has Emiliano Grillo has a nice big uh, nice ticket on him in a I believe a top ten and twenty market. Ten under par for Grillo, second there. And then Tony Fina, who I said last night, like I'd I'd still like. If you saw him, even in the mix, once the player pool was whittled down a little bit, he was what eleven to one pre-tournament. Even at a four and a half or five to one, I still liked him. You can still get Fino five to one right now, heading into the weekend. Seven under, like six back. But again, on a course where we we certainly expect the winners' total to be in that fifteen to twenty under range, I still endorse that play for Fino.
4: What um, what was uh, what was Piercy to win this thing? Piercy. I mean. Pierce here and, and Taryn, the, the reason why I ask is, you know, it was, a, it was a long, because West Reynolds long. has pointed this out there. There is a run of some very yeah. long shots winning this tournament. Uh, obviously it has to do with the format where it's placed in the calendar, like all of these things um, and the strength of the fields. So one 25 to one, which would be right PC? up. Yeah. which yeah. should be right up the alley. Could you find Taryn? Callum I, I, Taryn. I'm willing to bet. To I was gonna say. All right, I thought it was uh, like 150, so it's yeah. in that range. Um, yeah. But so this is kind of what you get with this tournament. It gets a little froggy because it, the format and everything like that. You get some guys to rise up. Still got two days, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, Piercy got a connection with Scott Piercy that he doesn't know. So good for you, Scott. Piercy. Good for good for. That's all. Wow,
3: that's that's all. That's all JBT is gonna say. Good for. Doesn't does want to uh, expand as far as the live odds. I mentioned Finau five to one, Grillo five to one as well. And I mean, look, if you don't want to go that route, out to finish top five, minus 120, certainly don't hate that either. Again, you're laying a price on a top five, but like two rounds left. Sung Jae Im is the the other guy in contention here, who is, again, of the, the big name guys in this tournament. He's one of several tied for fourth at seven under. Uh, Im is in there at seven to one. Piercy, though, your tournament favorite, at plus 250, and because of the variance, there's not much that that jumps out to me, at least as far as any any value here on on these odds boards. At least just looking at Finau on some of the strokes gain numbers today, though, I gained over three strokes tee to green today, what? and uh, was basically field average with the putter. So really didn't help himself out on the greens either. But just a you know ho hum three under after a four under in round one. So uh, it's certainly a guy who's not could certainly has a higher ceiling to go here Finau in this tournament. Uh, but the seven under time for fourth. That's I still feel the same way as I as I felt last night.
4: Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm shocked because so the the Padres are up four nothing right now over the Mets uh, as a solid underdog too today. By the way, I think yeah. when the Mets goes like minus one seventy five something like that. Yeah, one eighty. Um, but it looked like again we're not I'm not like watching everything all at once. It looked we're going to get a replay here. So they had a runner on third. Uh, there is a hit to first. The runner at third challenges home. And gets there. Throw to first is oh, it not hits. in time. It looks like it hits the runner, and then another runner came around and actually scored for San Diego as well. It looks like they're only counting one run, so we'll see what happens here. Were they oh, calling?
3: Like, were they calling runner runners interference? interference Did he maybe? run I,
4: inside the baseline? maybe? I don't know. So we'll see. I, I, like, it looks like they called him out. Maybe the tag. I don't know. So it's up for nothing right now.
3: Very, very weird. Either way, we we said coming out that we didn't know what to expect out of you, Darvish. I mean, it was you, you've gotten good you, you've gotten bad you, but yep. this is going to be seven quality starts and eight now for Darvish. Uh, and you look at the numbers for him tonight, six shutout, three hits, no walks, nine Ks. Yep. Good Darvish tonight.
4: Good Darvish. 4-0 four, four so lead there. Next time out, he'll get rocked.
3: Uh, they are saying, so they... They? They are saying, at least the, the people that be, is it... Uh, it was a force out at home, so Profar was out okay. on a force out. Okay. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a bases loaded situation.
4: Oh, that's a good point. Yes.
3: Okay. So, so that's why you out. didn't that's see them right. tagging it, it was a force first. out. Got yeah. it. Yep. Okay. And then they, it was a throwing error by the catcher there. That allowed worth to score. So oh, he ends up scoring.
4: That's embarrassing. It looked like Voight pimped the home run and uh, Came it fell. It didn't even get short. to the warning track. <laughs> way,
3: way, 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 short. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to get to you, because, again, you're our NBA guy. I wanted to make sure we at least touch on this very, very briefly before we wrap up here. The Kevin Durant next team odds, of which we, we've we done this whole parade of looking at teams and where could he go after. 27-3 <laughs> Toronto, by the way. Oh, Two-run shot. Three away from. Sorry, I just that's history. important.
4: We're keeping track of this here, so.
3: Don't worry. We're getting your winner okay. video. Oh, we were, no, we I'm already, saying, Sorry, we already got it. I want it, 30 saying.
4: runs here. I so you want already got runs. the video, and then yeah.
3: they get the two-run homer. 27-3 to Toronto. So we did the whole, all right, which team makes the most sense, and we broke it down why Team X and Team Y doesn't really make logistical sense. So now here we are. We're, we're kind of back to square one, where now right. it's Durant going back to the Nets as a favorite at DraftKings, minus 180. So I would imagine from your perspective here, you still believe, I mean, they're going to try to move him, and he said he wants out. That I would imagine that creates some value on one of these teams. It's just a matter of who do you think ends up uh, kind of finding their way through and, and finding an, an offer that at least suits Brooklyn's eye here.
4: I would say this. I think that the Nets right now are the deserving favorite to still have Kevin Durant. And I will say, I, I, I keep saying this too. So it is worded as where will Kevin Durant play next season? always make sure you check your wording, right? Because, yeah. like, there's, like, first game, where who will be on next season. If it's where will Kevin Durant play his first game for, he holds out then and gets traded, you know what I mean? Like, those kind of things. Wouldn't matter if he's on the Nets team. So, regardless, get that out of the way. Um, but they deserve to be the favorite because there's really no other package out there. Once Indiana threw that offer sheet at DeAndre Ayton, and the Suns were forced to match it, that eliminated the Suns package, and I get they're the second choice there, the Suns can't trade DeAndre Ayton until January 16th. DeAndre Ayton has the opportunity to void any trade he wants within the next calendar year because of that offer sheet situation. The Suns really don't make that much sense. The Raptors don't really seem to be willing to bulk uh, in terms of giving away Scottie Barnes as part of the center of that package. So again, wouldn't really put him there. The Heat have nothing to offer that is worth Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, but Tyler Hero yeah. and picks with, you know, Duncan Robinson, it's not really going to get you. And the Warriors, I think, are really fine with their young core rolling in the next season and competing for a championship, which actually leads me to if you're going to bet it, which I would say you don't because I think the Nets are going to have him at the beginning of the next well, season. Well,
3: I would say the only situation you would is if maybe you took the Nets at a really nice plus number early right. if you were skeptical and now you just want to, you know, you but feel like you
4: got value there. Right, but if you're asking me if they're like, if he's gone next year, what's the intriguing team? It would be New Orleans. The New Orleans Pelicans Mm. have Brandon Ingram. They have draft picks that they don't control that aren't theirs, right? I think it's the Lakers picks, not that many, but they still have those. Like, there's a package there that I think would tempt Brooklyn. And maybe, just maybe, with CJ McCollum and others there, Kevin Durant might be willing, along with Zion Williamson, to actually play out the rest of his career there, the four-year deal, whatever it is. But I still think when we're talking about the beginning of the season, he's going to be a net, and he's going to be playing in a Nets uniform. I agree
3: with you as of of right now. So much can change, but – that's why we do the exercise. And it's funny, like all those odds changed. Yep. And now, even though the Nets are back to the favorite, a lot of those teams have not really dropped all that much. It's just like, oh, well, we'll just kind of keep them in whatever. whatever order we want to. How about you? You come on, give out the Blue Jays. They only scored 27 runs. Out, so, you know, job well done.
4: Job well done. You got a runner on first with no Noah Ozzie. Oh, come on. Only in the 60s.
3: Blast hosting with you, my friend. Thanks. We'll man. do it again sometime. For Isaiah Winkle, our outstanding producer, rest of the crew. For JVT, I'm Ben Wilson saying good night from primetime action. It is Femi Abefe, Wes Reynolds coming up next.
2: work.